Long History, Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia. Part 6. Roanoke, this paradise of the world. Hello everyone and welcome to Long History, how are you? We're on to part 6 now of Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia. And in this 18 part series, we cover 7 source documents from history about the time in the 1580s when Sir Walter Raleigh was given permission to explore and settle the area of Virginia. Here at Long History, we give the very source documents of history, but we split them up into chunks of around 10 minutes or so to make them a little more digestible. But apart from that, it's the full, unedited source. So Long History is the place to be if you've enjoyed all those brief histories and want something with the full detail. Now each episode does stand alone, although it fits together in a series. Up to this point, we've listened to the document where Elizabeth I gives Sir Walter Raleigh permission to explore and settle this area of Virginia. We've also listened to the first journey, where they explore the North American coastline. In the previous episode, the second journey began, and they passed through the Spanish Caribbean. But this episode of Long History is slightly different from the normal one, because here we'll finish off that second voyage finding out what happens to the English while they're in Virginia, but then we'll also give a short document covering the whole of the third voyage to Virginia. Now the second voyage covers April to October 1585, and men were left behind in this Roanoke area, and they stayed in the area for a whole year, with different ships leaving at different points. And then in Easter 1586, a relief ship was sent to find a rather confusing situation when they arrive in this Roanoke area. And between those journeys is a gap of a year. This is Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia. Part 6. Roanoke, this paradise of the world. The seventh day, we departed with great goodwill from the Spaniards from the island of Hispaniola. But the wiser sort do impute this great show of friendship and courtesy used towards us by the Spaniards, rather to the force that we were of, and the vigilance, and watchfulness that was amongst us, than to any hearty goodwill, or sure friendly entertainment. For doubtless, if they had been stronger than we, we might have looked for no better courtesy at their hands, than Master John Hawkins received at St John de Ulua, or John Oxenham near the Straits of Darien, and diverse others of our countrymen in other places. The eighth day we anchored at a small island to take seals, which in that place we understood to have been in great quantity, where the general and certain others with him in the pinnaces were in very great danger to have been cast away, but by the help of God they escaped the hazard, and returned aboard the Admiral in safety. The ninth day we arrived and landed in the Isle of Caicos, in which island we searched for salt ponds upon the advertisement and information of a Portugal, who indeed abused our general and us, deserving a halter for his hire, if it had so pleased us. The twelfth we anchored at Guanima and landed. The fifteenth and sixteenth we anchored and landed at Ciguateo. The twentieth we fell with the main of Florida. The twenty-third we were in great danger of a wreck on a breach called the Cape of Fear. The twenty-fourth we came to anchor in a harbour. 
where we caught in one tide so much fish as would have yielded us twenty pounds in London. This was our first landing in Florida. The 26th we came to anchor at Wokokon. The 29th we weighed anchor to bring the tiger into the harbour, where, through the unskilfulness of the master whose name was Fernando, the admiral struck on ground and sunk. The 3rd we sent word of our arriving at Wokokon to Wingina at Roanoke. The 6th Master John Arundel was sent to the main and Manteo with him, and Captain Aubrey and Captain Bonniton the same day were sent to Croatoan, where they found two of our men left there with thirty other by Captain Raymond some twenty days before. The eighth, Captain Aubrey and Captain Bonniton returned, with two of our men found by them, to us at Wokokon. The eleventh day, the general accompanied in his tilt-boat with Master John Arundel, Master Stukeley and diverse other gentlemen, Master Lane, Master Candish, Master Harriet and twenty others in the new pinnace, Captain Armada, Captain Clark with ten others in a ship-boat, Francis Brooke and John White in another ship-boat, passed over the water from Wokokon to the mainland victualled for eight days, in which voyage we first discovered the towns of Pomeyok, Aquasgogog and Sekotan, and also the great lake called by the savages Pakike, with diverse other places, and so returned with that discovery to our fleet. The twelfth we came to the town of Pomeyok, the thirteenth we passed by water to Aquascogok, the fifteenth we came to Sekotan, and were well entertained there of the savages. The sixteenth we returned thence, and one of our boats with the admiral was sent to Aquasgogog to demand a silver cup which one of the savages had stolen from us, and not receiving it according to his promise, we burnt and spoilt their corn and town, all the people being fled. The 18th we returned from the discovery of Sekotan, and the same day came aboard our fleet riding at Wokokon. The 21st our fleet anchoring at Wokokon, we weighed anchor for Hatarask. The 27th our fleet anchored at Hatarask, and there we rested. The 29th Grangino brother to King Wingina came aboard the Admiral, and Manteo with him. The second, the Admiral, was sent to Wepomeok. The fifth, Master John Arundel was sent for England. The twenty-fifth, our General weighed anchor and set sail for England. About the thirty-first, he took a Spanish ship of three hundred ton, richly loaden boarding her with a boat made with boards of chests, which fell asunder and sunk at the ship's side as soon as ever he and his men were out of it. The 10th of September, by foul weather, the general then shipped in the prize, lost sight of the tiger. The 6th, the tiger fell with the land's end, and the same day came to anchor at Falmouth. 
the 18th, the general came with the prize to Plymouth and was courteously received by diverse of his worshipful friends. The names of those as well gentlemen as others that remained one whole year in Virginia under the government of Master Ralph Lane. Here there's a list of over 100 names of the men who stayed in Virginia for a year. That's the end of the second journey. As we can see, although the whole journey is described there, it is rather truncated with very few details and the details that there are give a rather mixed view of the attitudes of the English towards the Spaniards at first and then towards the people of this Roanoke area in Virginia. And as that document ends, some of the English have returned back to England, but over a hundred men have been left in the Virginia area. The following short document, which is a little confused but interesting because of its details, focuses on the sending of another ship in 1586 to relieve this colony in Virginia. So here we go with the third voyage. The third voyage, made by a ship sent in the year 1586 to the relief of the colony planted in Virginia at the sole charges of Sir Walter Raleigh. In the year of our Lord 1586, Sir Walter Raleigh, at his own charge, prepared a ship of an hundred ton, freighted with all manner of things in most plentiful manner for the supply and relief of his colony then remaining in Virginia. But before they set sail from England, it was after Easter, so that our colony half despaired of the coming of any supply, whereof every man prepared for himself, determining resolutely to spend the residue of their lifetime in that country. And for the better performance of this, their determination, they sowed, planted, and set such things as were necessary for their relief in so plentiful a manner as might have sufficed them two years without any further labour. Thus, trusting to their own harvest, they passed the summer till the 10th of June, at which time their corn, which they had sown, was within one fortnight of reaping. But then it happened that Sir Francis Drake, in his prosperous return from the sacking of St. Domingo, Cartagena and St. Augustine, determined in his way homeward to visit his countrymen, the English colony then remaining in Virginia. So, passing along the coasts of Florida, he fell with the parts where our English colony inhabited, and having espied some of that company, there he anchored and went to land, where he conferred with them of their state and welfare and how things had passed with them. They answered him that they lived all, but hitherto in some scarcity, and as yet could hear of no supply out of England. Therefore they requested him that he would leave with them some two or three ships, that if in some reasonable time they heard not out of England, they might then return themselves, which he agreed to. Whilst some were then writing their letters to send into England, and some others making reports of the accidents of their travels to each other, some on land, some on board, a great storm arose and drove most of their fleet from their anchors to sea, in which ships at that instant were the chiefest of the English colony. The rest on land, perceiving this, 
hasted to those three sails which were appointed to be left there, and for fear they should be left behind, they left all things confusedly, as if they had been chased from thence by a mighty army. And no doubt so they were, for the hand of God came upon them for the cruelty and outrages committed by some of them against the native inhabitants of that country. Immediately after the departing of our English colony out of this paradise of the world, the ship above mentioned, sent and set forth at the charges of Sir Walter Raleigh and his direction, arrived at Hatorask, who, after some time in seeking our colony up in the country, and not finding them, returned with all the aforesaid provision into England. About fourteen or fifteen days after the departure of the aforesaid ship, Sir Richard Grenville, General of Virginia, accompanied with three ships well appointed for the same voyage, arrived there, who, not finding the aforesaid ship according to his expectation, nor hearing any news of our English colony there seated, and left by him anno 1585, himself travelling up into diverse places of the country, as well to see if he could hear any news of the colony left there by him the year before, under the charge of Master Lane, his deputy, as also to discover some places of the country. But after some time spent therein, not hearing any news of them, and finding the places which they inhabited desolate, yet, unwilling to lose the possession of the country which Englishmen had so long held, after good deliberation, he determined to leave some men behind to retain possession of the country. Whereupon he landed fifteen men in the Isle of Roanoke, furnished plentifully with all manner of provisions for two years, and so departed for England. Not long after he fell with the Isles of Azores, on some of which islands he landed and spoiled the towns of all such things as were worth carriage, where also he took diverse Spaniards. With these and many other exploits done him in this voyage, as well outward as homeward, he returned to England. So that was the whole of the third voyage, but that document, even the point of view of the document itself is rather confusing. For example, it doesn't seem to be a first-hand account of this third voyage. Rather, it seems to conflate all of the issues at the time with the focus on this voyage, and an attempt to explain that Francis Drake had visited the colony and found them pretty fine, but then when later ships arrived, they found no one at all, with, finally, Sir Richard Greenville deciding to leave 15 men in the island of Roanoke and then describing briefly his merry adventures on the way back to England, where he seems to have battled the Portuguese and the Spanish along the way. Thank you for listening to the end of the second voyage and the whole of the third voyage relating to Sir Walter Raleigh in Virginia. The next document covers the year in between those two voyages. The one leaving the 100 plus men behind, and the one that, finding the colonists no longer there, left another 15 men in the Roanoke area. Perhaps there'll be some answers as to what happened in the next document. Thank you for listening everyone to this episode of Long History. I hope we've managed to unravel some of the confusion of these documents. There are many details here. 
And if you're so inclined, I would encourage you to listen to them multiple times, because they do reveal more details as the names become familiar, etc. Above all, thank you for listening everyone. If you like this episode, please do like it before you move on, and share it with anyone who might be interested. This was Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia. Point 6. Roanoke. This paradise of the world. Goodbye.